welcome to Back to Base. This is the official reaction podcast for SAS Who Dares Wins. And this is a very special bonus episode. I'm Andrea McLean, and in this special conversation, I'm talking to Series 5 SAS Who Dares Wins recruits, Mark Perch and Esme Gummer. Mark is a former RAF fireman and is one of the most memorable recruits that SAS Hudes Wins has ever seen. Not just for his physical ability that helped carrying him to completing the show, but also for his honest and raw conversations around the suicide of his wife just months before filming and his frank discussions of and fundraising for mental health. Along with Mark, we're also joined by fitness instructor and motivational speaker Esme Gummer, who appeared on the show along with Mark. Esme is totally inspiring. She overcame paralysis and brain damage in her younger years. And in case people have forgotten, women weren't always allowed on this show. And Esme was brave enough to be one of the first. Go! Move it! Move! There's no characteristic or flaw that won't be exposed. Walk out until I say stop. I'm gonna fucking ground, ground properly. Right, let's get this show on the road. A huge welcome to the two of you. Tell me this isn't as scary as being on SAS, sitting opposite me. It actually is a bit. Yeah, so it feels a bit like interrogation. <laughs> yeah. So what were your ambitions uh, for doing the show? What were your thought processes before it? Had you watched the series before? Yeah, so I'd um, I've watched all of it before, and it was like for me the classic thing of when I watched it and it was men only. I was like, oh my god, I'd love to do that, but they don't let women in, so obviously I can't. And then the year they let women in, it was like, oh my god, I've said that. So many people were like, Ez, I thought you wanted to do it. You got the chance now. I was like, oh god, I'm gonna have to apply. Um, so yeah, I'd always been a massive fan of the show and wanted to try it. So them letting women in for me that was amazing to be able to have the opportunity. And what about you, Mark? Um, I'd never actually watched it before Ooh. yeah no. I know I, um, so I did properly binge it before I went um, but even when when I applied for the show I didn't really know uh, what in, what it entailed entirely so why did you apply um, it was just a friend that kind of he was like mad on it and he was like oh you'd be like really good at this should have a go at it and um, I used, the reason I didn't watch it is I used to kind of play it down and I used to think oh they only pick people that like cry at everything and don't really want to do it and <laughs> And and yeah, I used to play it like really down. And when you get there, you realise it's nothing to do with that. Yeah. Mm. It's so much tougher than it comes across on TV. But uh, for me, well, like, I don't know. I think just a way to like test myself and push myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just, just like channel energy into something a bit more positive. Was it how you thought it would be? And obviously I'll ask you as makers, you had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> was Was the experience what you thought it would be? I think it was in terms of when I watched it, I did think it looked tough. It does. It's done very well when, you know, it's produced in a way where you do get to see the rawness of it. And that's what I liked about the show is they actually, um, I feel like they do show, it's a raw show and it's an intimate show and that's why I liked it. Um, I think it's harder though. I do think when you're there, it's harder than what you watch on TV. It's very easy to watch it and be like, oh, yeah, I could do that. And I was saying, when you're on the comfort of your sofa and you're warm and, you know, you're chilling and you're eating food, you can't relate to what they're doing. They're standing in freezing cold water and you can't relate to it. So you go, oh, they're only in water. So I think when I got there, I really did feel the effects of it because it's the length of time. You watch an hour episode at home. When you're there, it's 24 hours and it's minute on the minute. Something's happening. They're coming at you. They're making you do things. The anticipation, the anxiety and... 
yeah, I think the stuff that you don't see is the things that hurt you most. It's the bit where you're not doing anything that hurts you most. Would you say that it's the the physicality of it that is more difficult or the mental aspect to it? Because you're a, you're a big guy, Mark, and you look incredibly capable. You proved yourself to be really capable on the show. But would you say it's the, the mental side that, like you say, you, that you don't see that is the part that starts to break down before the physicality? Yeah, 100%. Like... Mentally, it's so much more challenging. It's obviously physically really demanding. Um, I feel like they can exert you physically so quick, though. They could do it whenever they wanted. Like, we in two days, everyone's absolutely exhausted. Uh, and then after that, it's literally mental resilience. Who wants it more? Who's willing to endure the most? Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, and you see, it, like, guys and girls in there that are physically so strong, but... Like, they just lack a little bit in that mental resilience. And that's the bit that breaks first. That They could be the guys that are at the front, sat in the middle, and they're the ones that are, you know, wanting to quit before the people at the back. Yeah. At what point do you think there was a tipping point where you thought, yes, I can, I can um, do this? I can remember having a, a bit of a moment, maybe, I felt pretty same to Esme, like massively intimidated. And that probably lasted with me for maybe two days while we were there. Um, and I can be laying in bed at night and every time I just... You like all you want to do is sleep, but I'd be sat there like telling myself that I'm gonna quit, I'm gonna go home, I'm like I shouldn't be here, and that I won't be able to finish it. And I can remember getting maybe two days in and just literally having to tell myself just to stop. I wasting so much energy um, on that, and it like it won't even try. I was doing well at that time as well. It won't even like I was struggling. So I was why doing... was that going through your mind? I think it's it's just what we do as humans, you know, like we just constantly um, we need like reassurance, and when you're not getting it from anywhere. Um, you know, it's just like your own mind starts to try to break you down. And that's the whole point of the whole show, like saying as in it's testing you mentally. Um, and for me, the hardest times when we were left alone, like while we were doing something, I was fine and I, I was strong at whatever we were doing. Um, and the minute we were left, then you're like sat there thinking, I don't know if I've eaten enough. Like, is my ankle in it? Like, you know, how long is it going to go on for? Are they going to come back in tonight? Have I got to put them wet boots on? And, and you're constantly like doubting yourself. Um, and like I said, I, I remember just having a moment and I had to literally just tell myself to stop. And I think from that moment then, just kind of, I just kind of grew. And uh, at what point did you feel that? Because I would say for most people who go on to do well, whether they last for a long time in, in, in their experience or not, but when something changes in their own mind is that realisation that everything the DSs are doing has a purpose to it. Yeah. They're not just screaming at you just <laughs> for the sake of it. Can you remember a moment where you realised that? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest moment was there was um, a time where Ant properly kicked off. Like, I think it was the biggest one, wasn't it, while we were in there. And he'd basically asked us to bring our Bergens out and check what kit we had in there. And we hadn't packed them up, basically. We'd sort of, like, got a bit complacent, hadn't we, at this point. And he kicked off and, you know, he went into the barracks and he, like, threw all our stuff around and he kicked all our clothes across the parade square. And he, like, got up in my face, had a go at me because I literally had a pair of gloves in my Bergen. That was it. I was going to have a full kit. But... The next day we went out and we went into cold water and when we got out we had to change and he said to me, can you imagine if you only had your gloves you would be dead and I was like, it's so true. He shouted and went mad because we're talking about people's lives are at stake here. They've been in situations where it's about life or death. We're not, that we're there and you know, we didn't have that at stake and for me that was the moment where I was like, okay, I get it now. Like, yeah. At first you think, oh, he's so horrible, he's so out of order, like why does he do that? Why is he like, you know, 
shouting and, you know, causing all of this drama. And then when that moment happened, that was the moment for me as an individual where I was like, okay, I get it now. It's yeah. because this means something. In in terms of both of your experience and your, and your journey, you, you both had had experiences in your life which were very, very difficult before doing SAS. And Mark, you were eventually, you, you kept it to yourself, but you were eventually very open about the difficult times that, that you'd experienced and also why you were wanting to almost channel your physicality so that mentally you didn't have to think about anything. Do you think that talking about the the mental difficulties that you were experiencing was a t- turning point as well? Because all of the, the DSs who are involved in their own way have been through their own experiences. Do you think that there was there was some sort of connection there? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think it's, it would definitely felt like um, a bit of a burden that I'll carry in knowing that it could come up at any point in in conversation and I, and I kind of I kind of felt like people could see there was something missing anyway just because I was just so focused on what we were doing kind of like a bit unemotional at times um so yeah I think from that yeah it was kind of a bit like a weight had been lifted and that um and even then I suppose I, I didn't particularly speak about it to anyone maybe Milo a little bit that I confided in um but yeah, like my intentions to go in want want to like talk about it and stuff. Like I said, it, it was um, it was just a way of uh, testing myself and channeling myself and doing something more positive than you know than wasting myself and, and sitting around. Um, mm. But on the back of it, you know, it's just been like so positive to see. I think the biggest thing was to see a guy um, open up like that and look emotional and look vulnerable. Yeah, the kind of the effects of it afterwards, it, it was massive. And yeah, that's something I'm quite proud of now to sit down and, and mm. say that you maybe encourage other people to come forward and speak or or to know that they're not alone with certain things. What's the response been like? Um, it, it, it's, it's amazing. It was amazing and it still is. Um, I've literally not added anything negative. Um, yeah, so it's, it is something to be quite proud of. What about you, Esme? Yeah, I, I think... Before I talk about like from a personal thing for me, like even being being able to watch Mark um, do that for me, I didn't know anything about it when we were in there. Like he said, he only really spoke to Milo about it, and I found out about it when we'd all left. And it for me watching the show back, and it's so crazy to know that Mark went into the mirror room and opened up the way he did. But he came back. I remember him coming back that night but I didn't know anything that had just happened. And I just think it's so noble of him to go and do that and then come back in and not say it to all of us, like carry on being Mark, being strong, being who he is, not being, you know, identified by certain things, just being real. He was Mm. so real and so dedicated to what he was doing. And if we were running, he was running. And if we were doing this, he was doing this. And that was all it was about for him. And I think a lot of us learn from in there, not just the people who watched it, the viewers at home, the response from them has been incredible, but the response from the recruits being able to go through that experience with Mark and then see that on the show afterwards. It was incredible for us. He just is so noble. And, you know, the fact that I got to see this really strong person who, you know, to me, Mark was indestructible. And then to see him open up like that, I just think he's got the best of both. And he is, you know, the modern day man and what the modern day man should represent a hundred percent um so yeah just to you know highlight that as well because he doesn't speak about himself enough and I think as well um what what you did 
by going away and quietly talking about the fact that your wife had taken her life and you were, you were dealing with suicide of someone incredibly close to you and then coming on a program like this and, like I say, focusing on the on the physicality of, of the jobs that were in hand, you had that very, very emotional conversation and then went back into the room and behaved normally. I think that's something that so many people could relate to because everybody listening will have had something that has happened to them that they don't necessarily want to share with the outside world for whatever reasons they are, but mainly it will be because they don't want to be seen any differently. Um, you've also, you also had your own experiences, but you didn't necessarily talk about them as openly on the show. Do you want to just share with people what they were? Yeah, so um, when I was... 18 I um, got paralyzed from an operation and had to learn to walk again um, the reason I didn't really speak about it on there was it's been nearly 10 years since that's happened and I've changed so much as a person since then and one thing for me was I have been very open about that but for me this was something where I wanted to see how far I could push myself as not the new me but the current me and I know that I am the person I am today because of those experiences. However, it doesn't define me. It doesn't, you know, make me who I am. It just contributed to my growth. Um, so, yeah, there wasn't really opportunity to speak about it. And um, But I did have one-to-one -one conversations with recruits and things like that where I'd use it not to say, look at me. I couldn't walk and now I'm here. More to say, look at you. Like, look what you can do. I've gone through this and I've learned this. Let me teach you. And I do that a lot with this experience is rather than being, look at me, it's more saying, I've done the hard bit. This is what I've learned. Now you try it. You don't have to go and get paralyzed and learn to walk again. Which is a relief. It. Yeah, thank God. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? I've done that for you. So this is what I've learned. Try it out and see what you can do from it. And I think that's the most important thing about sharing your story and being vulnerable and opening up is, how can it contribute to someone else's life? Not that mm. you know, not value your life. It helps to open up, but also it helps. Can you help someone else with your story? And I think that's the important thing about it. Do you feel when you're taking part on SAS Who Dares Wins that you're taking part in a TV show, or does that go out the window? Yeah. So I was speaking to one of the psychologists before, and and or explaining that I'd never done anything like this, and I was like, I was like, that was the, my biggest fear going into it. We're thinking about the cameras and and. I can remember them turning to me and saying, uh, literally, we're in an hour, you've been there, you'll forget. And I thought, no way, like, that'll never happen. And I reckon it will be for probably even an hour. Mm. I reckon the minute you get off, you're just so task-focused. Like It honestly felt like I was just literally uh, back in military, that I were on a course, that mm. I was literally just getting beasted. And, and you get in that mindset, you completely forget. What was the best thing about taking part in SAS Who Dares Wins? Um, I think the people I met. People in there have seen me in ways that not even my friends and family have seen me. And I think that's unbelievable. Like, Mark has seen me in a way that not many people have. And we've continued to do challenges together since then. And he's seen a side of me that not many people have. And I think that was the incredible thing for me, was the relationships I've made with people and the places I've gone, like emotionally, mentally gone. And I've known people for years and years and years, and they've never seen me in that way. And I've got to see other people in that way. And it empowers me like I said going back on seeing someone who's like strong and able and powerful as Mark but then also hearing you know the other side of him and being you know welcomed into that side of these people I got to go to like very dark places with people and you don't get the opportunity to do that much so yeah for me it was the relationships I made yeah similar and and I think just 
it just broadens your mind so much. You meet people. Like I said that some of the people at the back, for me, were like the strongest. Whereas you, like naturally, I think before that, I'd have always looked at everyone at the front and thought they were the strongest. And like Esme were, for me, in there, one of the strongest. But she was one of the people at the back. But I knew she, everything she would gain. 150% like mm. on it on everything um and i think it just broadens your mind like so much more um just just having that aspect and and then just seeing people like that are struggling but yet they've still got empathy and they still want to help people and yeah it's just it's just amazing to see people like are they when they like cards are down and people mm. like every you know there's a point in there where like this you think people go in there with agendas and we in an hour that i think all their agendas go out window like, yeah. you saw people like there were people on the show that that told us that they went in with a game plan and it was to get as far as they could. But they were the most helpful and the like the minute I got in there I realised I had to help everyone and that we had to work together. And you think that that is just it's amazing that when people are vulnerable, are they all everyone comes together and everyone helps each other. Yeah. It's definitely like being completely stripped down. Like identity gets taken away, your name gets taken away, your job title gets taken away, your like everything gets stripped down. And how amazing to have the opportunity to spend that much time with people's souls. Like, that's how I looked at it, is, like, everyone in there, I just made, you know, a relationship with their soul because whoever they are, whatever they've been through, whatever they've come from, it did not matter anymore. And I think, you know, we're just so lucky to have been able to experience that in this day and age as well. Can I just finish with one last question? What would the takeaway be for you both doing SAS, Who Does Wins, in the real world? Once you're back and all the things that were stripped away are put back in place again, what's been the takeaway? Um, for me, it's uh, completely like living in the minute that you're in. Um, you hear it all the time, like live for the moment. And I found it all very cheesy and people deliver that in a cheesy way. But when I was in there, one of the biggest things for me that shocked me was my schedule was completely taken from me. And to the point where we wake up every day knowing that I'm going to have breakfast, then go to work, then come back and then meet this person, go to bed about nine, ten. You know, we have this like base layer of a schedule within us. It's just, you know... Um, always there and in there you do not have a schedule and you do not have control they are in control of you so every minute when you eat when you sleep what you do everything that you know they're in control and you're forced to live in that very minute because you can't live forward you can't say oh in an hour this because you might be in freezing cold water in an hour or you might be eating you just don't know so for me I was so present in there and to have the opportunity to be present again in this day and age is you know it's something that we don't get to do. So coming back, it's actually being able to just live in this minute. Like right now, I am here. Whatever's happening later, it does not matter because it's going to happen anyway. Um, I think the biggest thing I took away from it was just just testing myself. Um, whether it were emotionally or physically, just testing myself and pushing myself, I think I just it just helps you. You just realise so much about yourself and you grow so much. And like I said before, I went in, um, before I went on the show, I thought I knew quite a lot about myself. And then coming out, like I look back and I think I don't even know who that guy was. Like he literally knew nothing about himself, and uh, that's something that I've kind of took away from it. Is that I want to continue to to do things that test me um, any way possible, just just to help myself grow as much as I can. So, to the recruits who are taking part now in SAS, who does wins? What advice would you give to them? It'd be not to go in with an agenda, um, not to go in to think that you you want to win, or I, I go in. And think more personally and just think you want to push yourself as far as you can go and whether that's two days, ten days or whatever. Um, and work together. You've got you've got to come together like people that think that they're, they're going in there to prove something to someone or to be better than someone or to be at the front. 
you can only do that for so long. Then you realise that you actually need each other. That's that's the only way to get through it. Mm. And uh, yeah, for me, it'd be um, don't try to be strong. Whatever your definition of strong is, or whatever you think being strong is, just don't try and be it. Just be you. Like be whatever is happening. Like if you want to cry, cry. If you want to, you know, moan about something, moan. Just be you and let it come out. Because for me, the people who are trying to be strong, trying to beat the men, trying to beat the women, trying to beat their next door neighbour, trying to be, they're the ones that I believe are probably holding the most insecurities in them because they're having to say, I want this, I want to be strong, I want to be the best, I want to beat this person, be that person. Just be insecure, be vulnerable because it's the bravest thing you can possibly do on this show is be vulnerable. Just completely open up and just be what's happening in that moment because it's not just for now. It's not just for the show because you're going to come out and you're going to carry on living your life. So this is forever. So yeah, it's just not about looking cool or looking strong or being the best for those moments you're on there. It's about you've got to live this life and live that person. So start now. Thank you so much to Mark and Esme for joining us on Back to Base. SAS Who Dares Wins will be back on screens this Sunday. And in case you've missed any, you can catch up on all four. We'll be back with a brand new episode of the podcast straight after that next episode airs as well. Back to Base is hosted by me, Andrea McLean. Back to Base is a Little Dot Studios production for Channel 4, brought to you by Mitsubishi. The show is produced by Annie Hughes, Joe Greenway, Harold McShiel and Jake Cunningham. And the show is edited by Steph Watts and Mike Munzer. 